You know, there's not many songs in our songbooks and all uh, concerning our mothers and all. At this time, we do have one in our black hymnal and all. I would like to read this morning. I'd like everyone to stand this morning. Turn with me to hymn number 294, and let's read it together. I'm following Jesus and trusting His love. I'm sure I should meet my dear mother above. She taught me to love Him. She taught me to pray. And I am walking in mother's right way. She taught me how to love the Lord and how to strive for life's reward. She taught me how to trust and pray. And now I'll walk in mother's way. Thank you. You may be seated. has a special this morning.
walked with me when I was all alone with so much unknown along the way I heard you say I promise you I'm always there when your heart is filled with sorrow and despair I'll carry you when you need a friend you'll find my footprints in the sand I see my life flash across the sky so many times have I been so afraid and just when I I thought I lost my way you gave me strength to carry on that's when I heard you say I promise you I'm always there when your heart is filled with sorrow and despair I'll carry you when you need a friend you'll find my footprints in the sand and when I'm weary well I know you'll be there and I can feel you when you say I promise you well I'm always there when your heart is filled with sadness and despair I'll carry you when you need a friend you'll find my footprints in the sand oh, 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 oh. when your heart is filled with sadness and despair and I'll carry you when you need a friend you'll find my footprints in the sand neat song based on that uh, old poem footprints in the sand that's really awesome thank you uh, for sharing that ethan the kids did great i guess the guys are going to survive let's pray for them we need to have a quick word of prayer for them in the back i don't know how many headed back there 
Uh, just honoring moms and uh, thank the Lord. I, re- I will never forget uh, uh, here several years ago seeing uh, this, uh, talking about raising kids and having a family. And uh, it kind of, it pictured this couple, uh, this little commercial did, and they picked the baby up out of a box. And they said, oh, our child has arrived. And they re- and the dad was looking through the through the uh, the packaging that that stuff that's supposed to keep it from getting broke, you know, and he's throwing it. He says, "Where are the instructions?" <laughs> uh, talking about to the to the kid, and uh, they don't come with instructions when they arrive. The instructions are really already here, and it's found in maybe a grandparent or a friend. The ultimate instructions are found in the Bible, and we're going to look at those this morning. Again, I am excited that you're here uh, this morning, and here's what I'd like for you to do. We're going to be reading out of the book of Titus. If you have a bulletin, uh, you already knew where we were headed. Uh, I put the wrong uh, verses. We're actually going to start with verse uh So let's all stand for the reading of God's holy word. And if you have your Bibles open or if you'd just like to read along on the screen, either one, uh, the word of God says this, that the aged women, and that doesn't mean old, that just more or less means experienced. All right. Likewise, that they be in behavior as becometh God holiness not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Father, I thank you for this day that we have to celebrate moms. May we find your holy word to be valuable to our soul this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for honoring God's word this morning. Looking at that, uh, that, you know, it's a, I titled this morning's message. Now, the the pre-title, and I just really love the, the background, is, uh, you know, honoring moms. But I want to ask this question that's in your bulletin, what's next? If, you know, you think about that as you're raising a kid, if you get married, you have what's next. Uh, looking at all of these things, you ask the question, what's next? Uh, it's a great question. No matter if you're starting out life, if, uh, if you're a grandmother or a brand new mom, you ask the question, well, what's next? You know, you think about, well, I'm raising my family. Well, what's next? And my kids are only two weeks old. Well, what's next? My, now I've got 14 grandchildren. Well, what's next? <laughs> you know, and so there's all, that's a great question to ask. Um, many, hey, next week, next Sunday, We'll be honoring graduates, and that's a great time to ask the question, what's next? What's next at this point in time in my life? What kind of mom or parent do I want to be? 
What kind of role model do I want to be? You know, people know if you're going to be a, a selfish person. People know that. Or a selfless person. You know, what do I need to be? The Bible could have said, just not given us any instruction at all. In these short verses here this morning, we're going to see some, you know, you think about, what does God say about moms? You know, and this is what really this text is all about, is not only about wives and moms, but moms go with that. Wives, moms. Unfortunately, today, in today's culture, and even years ago, were there such thing as single moms? Yes, and there are even more so today. They face tremendous challenges. But whether you're talking about uh, a, a mom that has a husband or a, a mom that's all by herself, it is a challenge to be a mom. It's a challenge today. And thank the Lord, we have some instructions. So dads pay particularly close attention. You may be saying, hey, <clears throat> listen to the preacher. Did you hear that? You know, and so uh, being moms, it has to do with also being a good spouse, too. It's almost impossible. You know, today, thank the Lord that, uh, matter of fact, Karen and I have talked about this a lot, is that we look at raising a family as teamwork. It ta it's so much easier. The, did you know the Bible says this in the book of Proverbs? Two are better than one. <laughs> it, because you have somebody to help. You, you have teamwork. Teamwork, it takes it. There's a lot of times that dad feel like, well, that's their job. But it, folks, they, they need help. They need encouragement along the way. And so people know if we're going to be selfish, selfless, kind, unkind, loving, or unloving. Now, verse 3 starts it out, and it talks about being a role model. And again, like I said, the word age just means this. It means experienced. That the ones now, so you're going to be a role model. Matter of fact, I remember last year going to, uh, <clears throat> this year, Trey and I went again uh, to the Chick-fil-A uh, leadership conference. Uh, matter of fact, uh, we ran into uh, Phil uh, Collins and... Uh, Larry and Nancy's son, I walked up to him this morning and I said, uh, Larry and Nancy, I saw your son this week in prison. And, uh, cause that's where the conference is held. And, uh, in the teachers conference room, assembly room of the prison. So, matter of fact, then they, of course, Phil told Larry and Nancy, hey, I saw y'all's pastor in prison this week. And, uh, just sounds good, doesn't it? So, I saw your pastor. But we did. We saw that last year. Tim Tebow was being interviewed, and uh, he said, and he was talking to one of his teammates, <clears throat> and he said, uh, one of his teammates said, "I tell you what, everybody looks to you like a role model. I don't want to be a role model. I'm, a matter of fact, I refuse to be a role model." And uh, Tim said, "Well, uh, I'm sorry, you you can't help it. All of us are role models. You're just not a very good one." And uh, so, you know, that's true. Did you know that? That as a parent, as a parent, <clears throat> as a grandparent, as a person, as just whether you have kids or not, you are a role model. Did you know that? People are looking at your life. People are looking at your life and you are a role model because it says here, and we'll, we'll pick it up, that the aged women... That they do what? What is the very first thing that it says that they need to do? 
that they need to be in behavior as becometh holiness. Now, here in our Bible, you know, this, uh, if you have a King James Bible, that quote there, as becometh, all that means is, are you a person that honors God in their conduct? Do, does your conduct show that you love people and that you love Jesus? That's a great role model. And when it says right there, right out of the Bible, you think, how does God want me to be a mom? Now, folks, couldn't that apply to dads, too? That can apply to dads as very much as well as moms. That my life is a life of what? What does it say in God's holy word? As becometh holiness. Basically this. Does my conduct reflect the Lord? My conduct, and it says, has become, so my conduct gives praise to Jesus. My conduct shows that I love two groups. I love people, I love Jesus. I love my, we'll get to loving your kids in just a second, but let's just talk about overall conduct because, folks, it's, again, it's gonna come out whether am I a kind person, do people say they are a kind person? They are a loving person. They are unselfish. They look out for others. Most moms are. Most mom, now there are exceptions. Obviously, uh, met some just. I've met uh, parents before. Parents, both both the mom and the dad, who didn't care for their kids. They didn't. Matter of fact, they they were still even though they had kids, they they wanted to just live life for themselves, and that's totally selfish. And then it goes on to say. Not false accusers. That's the very next thing. Matter of fact, I went ahead and put the uh, Greek word up there, diablos. And so if you ever heard the Spanish version, it's almost the same thing. It literally means a (laughs) she-devil. It literally means that, diablos, the devil. And guess what the word devil means in the original language? It means, what does this say? A false accuser. Did you know that's the definition for the word devil? It means an accuser. And Satan is an accuser. Did you know Satan wants to accuse you and make you uh, uh, feel like, I can't serve God because of this mistake I have in my past. I, I am a failure as a mom because Satan's an accuser. Also, Satan is going to be one who puts you on a guilt trip. Satan will bring up every mistake of your past and he will constantly remind you of that mistake to try to get you to live a defeated attitude, a defeated spirit. Say, I can't, I can't, I can't. And folks, that's the voice of defeat. Um, matter of fact, there's a Matthew uh, West song out right now talking about, you know, I am and uh You know, it talks about different things that we live in. One of the words is defeat. And defeat is that voice you hear in your head. Matter of fact, you may have heard it this week that I can't. You live in defeat because of something that has occurred. But Jesus, God's word teaches, there is love and forgiveness at the cross. That you, no matter what you say, you say right now, I don't care what I've done in the past. I want to be a mom that reflects Jesus. I want to be a mom that reflects holiness. I want to be a mom that reflects godliness. I want to be a mom that people say she is a kind mom. She's a loving mom. She's a good person. We'll get to some of those things in just a second. I can't be a false accuser. I can't be a she-devil. It literally means that, a false accuser. Diabolos. And then it goes on to say, 
not enslaved to wine and uh, is really what the, it says here in our King James Version, not addicted, not given to much wine. What that means, you say, well, does that mean I can have a little? Really and truly, you know what that word means and not addicted to? Not Some phrases when it pertains to pastors and deacons and other places, it says not given to wine, not given to much wine. You know what that means? It literally means addicted to. Now, obviously, that was one of the strongest addictions going on that could have gone on. And even today, people can become obviously addicted to alcohol. But let me ask you this. Could you apply that to anything? When it says not given to much wine, you know what that means? Is something controlling your life. When it says much wine, it literally means the abuse of. It literally means that something's dominating or controlling. Sure, as Christians, we shouldn't drink anything. We should set that role model. We should not drink. Uh, I, the, the Bible is very, very clear about that, that we shouldn't be given because it sets a bad role model. It sets a bad precedent. We can't witness. We can't do uh, many things. It hurts our testimony. All right. And so that that's, the, you know, just rule that out right there. What does the Bible say about that? But literally what it meant in their culture is it controlling your life. Now, folks, there may be something that's controlling your life right now. So let's just take that. You say, well, huh. I'm not an alcoholic preacher, so that verse just doesn't apply to me. Folks, it does. It applies not only to the moms in here, but it also applies to the dads. There can be a hobby. There can be a recreation. There can be a person. There can be a just a bad habit that's monopolizing and controlling your life. Is there something not given to much wine? Not given to something. It just replace it. I'm not given to it. It's, it pulls at me. I think about it. You know, when you have to uh, uh, sneak around, do something, you don't want to let people know that you do this or you do that. Something that's monopolizing or controlling your time if you can't live without it. You better be on guard. Something is monopolizing or controlling your time, your life. And that can take away your effectiveness as a parent, as a wife, as a mom. And then it goes on to say, wrapping this, man, isn't that verse 3 loaded? It says, there's a comma there right after the word wine. Then it says, finally, wrapping that verse up, teachers of good things. Teachers of good things. You know, basically this, did you know, still under this this problem of being a role model, have any of you ever heard of this expression, where did they learn that? You know, your kid does something or says something and you say, where did they hear that? Well, they sure didn't hear it. From, they must have heard that at school. Have they been to school yet? No, but <laughs> where did they learn that word? Where did they hear that? Did you know that as the old saying goes, I've used it many times more as caught than taught. You can teach your kids till you're blue in the face, but your model, your example teaches volumes more than you could ever say. The way you live expresses so much more than the words that come out of them. Folks, they cannot hear the words coming out of your mouth because your life is so much louder than the words that you're saying. Your life, the way you live, the way you behave, the way you act toward others, they will model, they will exemplify the way you behave more than what you say. You say, I'm doing this, but son, don't do that. 
I'm doing this, but hey, don't do, don't, you know, I mean, it's okay for adults to say that, but not kids. Yeah, but they're just, when they get alone or get away from you, they're going to model you. When they get alone or away from you at school, they will model you. I talk to elementary teachers, kindergarten teachers all the time. Kindergartners today will make Navy sailors blush. They will. And you can just ask any teacher that works in kindergarten. Kindergarten will make Navy sailors run and hide. By the language they use. Where do they learn that? Yeah, go and ask that question. Where do they learn that? Role models. Role models. You say, that kid doesn't know how to behave. That's because their parents don't know how to behave. Huh? Oh, me. Not amen, but oh, me. You know what I mean? You say, well, somebody needs to whip them in the shape. Yeah, their parents do. And uh, sometimes, of course, we're in the generation today where... It's the grandparents that were raising the kids or maybe even great grandparents. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 31, 10, that this woman is rare. She's a teacher of good things. The word good just means virtuous. It means virtuous. Proverbs 31, 10, 10 says this. It says, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. And the word virtuous just means good. Who can find a good woman? They're teachers of good things. That literally means virtuous things. Verse 4, these things are to be taught. <clears throat> and as, as I mentioned earlier, more is caught than taught. And it, as it goes on to say about that they may teach. Well, first of all, let me just talk out, talk about this, that these things are to be taught. You know what this tells me? As I go through verse 4 and just kind of wrapping it up here. Y'all are doing awesome, by the way. Thank you again. This is a great crowd. And I notice all the back row Baptists. We've got a good crowd back there. Listen to me very closely. This is interesting. Can you teach somebody how to love? Because the Bible's about to say it. The Bible's about to say it right here. Have you ever thought about that? that the, you mean I can teach somebody how to love? It's very interesting that the Bible would give a command that the older generation teach the younger generation about how to care for people, about how to love people. That's very interesting that the Bible would say that, would say this, that to teach. Well, aren't you just supposed to come into the world knowing how to treat others? No, aren't you just supposed to come into the world? Don't you automatically when a woman, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, people say that Allie is a natural motherly uh, person, you know, and she's not even a teenager yet. And uh, yeah, but she's had a lot of role models. You see, being a mom, being a nice person, a caring person doesn't come naturally. You learn it. Sure, it may be easier for others than some, but most of the time it's not only their wiring, but the role models that they've had. Now, it's in, in our King James Bible that they may teach the young women to be sober. That does not mean not drunk. That is, since we, this old English in our King James Bible, the word literally means to take this job seriously. 
It is a serious job being a mom. I've met moms before who didn't care. I've met moms before who immediately would abandon babies, give them up, and not care. Of course, our nation since the early 70s has been relegated to having the easy way out to terminate abortion. Now it looks like that they're even allowing uh, a, a pill you can take. Just get a pill, take the pill, take care of that expecting a baby. And it's so sad that today that technology is coming into play. So take this job serious. Then it goes on to say after being serious... To love their husbands. Wait a second. Why would that have anything to do with being a mom? Loving your husbands. And this is interesting that, uh, you know, many run their husbands down in public. They will talk about their husbands to others instead of to their husbands. You know, and I've preached that for a long time. If you want to work something out, don't talk about somebody, but talk to somebody. Talk, don't talk about them. Talk to them. And the Bible goes on to say that, so to loving your husbands, basically I just say, love your man. Hey, listen to that. Your husband, if you want a better husband, if you want a better father in your home, let me give you a huge secret, a huge secret. This is going to surprise you. Matter of fact, your, your uh, husband's life will double, triple. He'll be a better man, a better loving person. That is this. I want you to pray for him. Pray for him before he can hear it. Brag on him. Brag on him publicly. Lift him up. Sure, the fellow, like me, you can ask my wife, and she probably will tell you in nicest Christ-like way, but she always speaks well of me, unless she just wants to pick at me or rub it in, but... Like uh, one of our old ones is, uh, well, Michael, he's just so slow. I tell her, I've got two gears. I'm slow and slower, and I'm in top gear now. (laughs) Okay, you know, I'm just, I I don't like to get in a hurry. And she does, and and, uh, she's got a much higher speed than I do. But you know what I mean. Speak well. Of someone, when you speak well of them, it's amazing how they'll start exemplifying. You know what I mean? Exemplifying the way you speak of someone. If you're constantly trashing somebody, they'll eventually exemplify that. If you're constantly running somebody down, they will exemplify what you're saying about them. If you only look for negative things in somebody, guess what you'll see? Only negative things in somebody. If that's all you see, most people don't, most people don't look for the good. Don't look for the good in people. Love your children. You would think this, what do you mean this can be taught? Some don't know how to love. Maybe it's because they never experienced it themselves. Can they, you know, I've asked this question before. Can somebody give something that they don't have inside of them? Somebody comes to me and says, Brother Michael, I would like for you to give me a million dollars. Well, I would love to give you a million dollars, but guess what I don't have? <laughs> I don't have a million dollars. So think about that and you know, say, well, can I, can I give my child love? But what if a person doesn't have love to give? It's in my Bible and your Bible too, if you're opening and reading it, it says that this can, what, what is it? This can be taught. 
to teach somebody how to love. A lot of people are afraid to say something, but there's nothing wrong with encouraging somebody to love their spouse, to love their children, and set the example. To encourage somebody to love somebody else. There's nothing wrong with that. And then it goes on to say, <clears throat> to love their husband, to love their children, to be discreet. The word simply discreet just means self-control, sensible. To be discreet. I'm, am I in control? It goes on to say also that the, a, a mom needs to be chaste. And you know what that just simply means? Am I doing the things that I do? Does it promote a virtuous life, a, 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 a moral life? A, do the things I do, do they, do they bring others closer to God? Does this, is this clean living? Is this type of example, does this show Jesus to others? So chaste just means, of course, pure. Keep yourself from sin and a moral lifestyle. Keep yourself from that. And then it goes on to say keepers at home. Well, I tell you, listen to that. Hey, preacher said you need to stay at home, work at the house. <laughs> Most moms work more than 40 hours a week because when they get off their work, they're coming home and they're working there too. Uh, and you say, well, she needs to. Hey, honey, I'm shaking the glass of ice. One time, Karen and I were over at the... Uh, over at this person's home, and this husband was, I, <clears throat> he was known for his laziness, and uh, his, he kept shaking his ice in his glass. And I said, this is in Texas, so don't try to figure it out. And uh, he was shaking his ice in his glass, and uh, I said, what does that mean? Well, when I shake this ice, she's supposed to bring me more tea. We got in the car after the visit. Karen said, if you ever do that to me, I'll kill you. But, but the thing is, she's already keeping my glass full, you know. And she's already a keeper at the home. She sets the example. She sets the tone. And you know what? I kind of believed her that she would, you know. <laughs> you know, so she, I'm not, you know, so I've never shook. Matter of fact, water. <laughs> Just give me water, glass of water, Allie, wherever Allie went. And so, and a glass of water. But you see what I mean? But I'm thankful that. A keeper at home doesn't mean that you wash the clothes, you wash the dishes. Again, those things, husbands, if you don't help your wife, you're selfish. If you don't help your wife around the house, that's selfish. I'll just put a big old heading over it. But do you know what the keeper at home means is? Is your home a place where your kids come in and they feel safe at night? Is your home a place where kids come in and it's an environment where they can learn and thrive and grow and be responsible, saved, born-again believers following Jesus Christ? Are you exemplifying that? Do your kids do... They get that at home or they get constant bickering, fighting, and trashing each other. And folks, if you trash your spouse, they will trash other people too. Speak well of people. Then it doesn't matter, spouse, you can just speak, you can speak ill of everybody. They catch it. They hear it. They sense your negativity. Now, it's not to say that you can't get into an uh, argument. It does not to say that, that, that things don't always run smoothly, but after the argument or after the, the, the fight or ever, how, what word you want to use, they see a person that's willing to say, I'm sorry and I love you, honey, and I forgive you. 
And they see that role model there. Moving on. Keepers at home after that, a good person. That means publicly and privately you're kind. Obedient to your husbands. All that means is you say, say there, honey, I told you you're supposed to obey me. But folks, if, if you don't live a godly life, then they're going to have to step in. They don't need to follow an immoral lifestyle. They're not to be obedient to an immoral lifestyle. They're not to be obedient to a life that trashes God or goes against His Word. All it takes is if you want an obedient wife, you be a praying, loving man, and she'll have no problem following your leadership. Did you hear me, guys? You be a praying, loving man, and she'll have no problem following your leadership. It's not a dictatorship. It's leadership. Are you leading the home? That's the kind of wife that that's, I want to obey. I want, and all that means is follow the example, follow the leadership that he is my uh, spiritual. He's responsible physically and spiritually for the well-being of the home. And that she has no problem following that because he's a loving and a praying man. Following Jesus Christ. That finally, in wrapping it up, why do you do all this? Why did Paul, who was teach, he was teaching a preacher, by the way, Titus was a preacher. Why did Paul teach all this to, to Titus? Why did he do it all? God's word would be lifted up. That we would follow a, not a, not a, this is the way you raise kids according to Dr. Paul. <laughs> this is the way you raise kids according to Counselor Titus. No. That this is the way you have a home according to the Lord. His example. And His words. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation. As we all stand, bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this time, this opportunity to respond to you. That we would live for you. That we would pray and uplift our moms and thank you for their godly example. If we... If we need to improve, that we would improve according to your strength, your guidance, your word. Father, I thank you for this time to to listen to your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.